Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. Today, I am so thrilled and excited. You guys have been loving these interviews. I know because I can see what episodes get the most views and the interviews get the most views or listens, I should say. So I'm excited to bring my wonderful friend and guest here today to talk about her unraveling and anything and everything that may come up in this podcast, Leah Dressler. I met Leah here in Dubuque when I would, I think the first time we met, it was either a yoga class that I taught or Elme, the restaurant that she used to run. And I don't know which one of those places or both probably is where we met. So I want to just let Leah introduce herself because that's always so much better than me sharing, (laughs) (laughs) but we've become closer over the last couple of years, I would say right before she moved, she had like a big women's get together at her house and it was just really special. And she's just a very amazing woman. That's just got this huge heart and just makes you feel instantly comfortable in her presence and really has a beautiful way of bringing people together through food and travel and connection. And so that's my introduction, but I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear what you have to say. You're going to have me tearing up here. Thank you for having me, Erin. And what a pleasure this is and an honor. I can't believe I get this opportunity with you. But yes, my name is Leah. And I am formerly of the Midwest. I grew up in Wisconsin on the southwest corner there and have been in Dubuque, Iowa for the last decade or so. I owned a restaurant there that I started in 2007. And that was a huge part of my life for the next 11 years. And then it kind of became time to shift. So that's where I think Aaron and I truly connected with with that shift. And I also recognized her, her magicalness that is that a word magicalness? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that's what uh, brought this friendship together. And I probably could remember your favorite cocktail from the restaurant. If I tried hard, I don't, a martini. No, I can't remember. (laughs) No. Sangria. I love sangria. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. So now I am in Northern California. My husband shifted in his career and went back to school. And now we are out here and starting fresh in a new place. Yeah, that's amazing. And Leah, what is your Instagram? Where can people follow you? Well, I have a small travel business that I have recently started. I've been taking women traveling for years. 
it started through the restaurant and then it has navigated to where it is today, which is the websites being worked on. And my current Instagram is called Sunny and Turquoise Travel. And that's, thanks. It took a really long time to come up with a business name. You probably know how that goes. Like you want it to be so neat and creative and really pop. And you want to tell people and they go, oh my God, that's life-changing. I love that name so much. But then (laughs) nothing comes to me. Nothing comes to me. Nothing, you know, that's like, yeah. So finally, I just started writing down things that were the most important things for me in my life. And I narrowed it down to those two words that Hmm. uh, turquoise as a gemstone and then also as water. And then sunshine is, I want to always bring sunshine to people through my personality, but I also love sun. And that's why California is a really good fit right now for me, getting a lot of sunshine. So that's kind of where that came from. I was just going to say, if, if you follow her, she always posts like awesome pictures and awesome uh, stories of different things that she does in California. So if you're living in the Midwest in the cold, it might be a, a nice sunny <laughs> place to yeah. follow and live by camera. Yeah. So Leah... Talk to us about like what's up for you right now, or it could be a different couple different questions. Like, what are you unraveling right now, and or what was it like to? Because I don't, you don't have to say your age on here, but I know we're around the same age, somewhere in that vicinity. But what was it like to just like pack up and move in at this time in your life, and like yeah, like you said change career, yeah. And everything that you did. I feel like maybe I could identify with some of your listeners a little more too. going back, like back to when you didn't realize maybe you had a choice in life. I was part of a big family. I was shuffled around as one of, of a big family, not individually kind of like we all kind of had the same choices and the same options. And we all did the same thing because we were who we were and who our parents, you know, So at a young age, at 18, I got pregnant in college and decided at that time to have my son. And I would say that that left me sort of chasing the ball instead of, I recently heard a quote, be self-propelled versus being windblown. And I thought, yeah, I don't think I ever really got until later in life that I had that choice. And so because I wasn't doing that thought work to understand I had those options, it was kind of just like, oh, I'm a single mom now. So I just have to do this, this, and this work, 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 try to go to school. Like it did push me to do some really good things for myself, but I don't ever, I really don't think I was maybe thinking I was in charge of, of those decisions. You know, it was always for, for my son. And so now that he is grown and I'm in my mid forties, as he was getting to that point in his life at 18, I felt this continuing urge, even though I had a really beautiful business going at the restaurant, um, there were just things that weren't checking the boxes anymore. And it was really hard to push those things off. And so making those decisions to get out, to sell the business 
all the things that went along with that, which was not dreamy. It was one of the most hurtful times in my life. And then not really knowing where I was going, but discovering that I did now have a choice. It was very scary to start all over and did not make sense to a lot of people. And it still doesn't always make sense even to myself. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I look back some days and think, why did I sell the business? I had, I should have, I should have, you know, I, I think about that. So as far as like unraveling, I've now decided to finally the last four years since I sold and have been working on moving out of the Midwest. I have spent a lot of time doing a lot of work on myself and unraveling a lot of the self doubts that I've had unraveling a lot of that, who I am because I live in Dubuque, Iowa versus who I am now when I can be anybody I want to be now. I don't have to be a certain person. I don't have to worry about running into people in Target. And not that I worried about it. I love people. I love seeing people. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's totally different. I now go to Target and never expect to know anybody versus in the past, it was like, oh, put my ball cap on. Don't want to be seen. So I guess currently right now, I'm unraveling a lot of the old Leah fears with stepping forward with my new business. And unraveling through some of that doubt that I can't do this. Who's going to see my pose? Who's going to resonate with me? Do I have enough to offer? Am I good enough? I mean, all this stuff that, you know, it's the same old crap that you carry. It doesn't just go away. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. (laughs) Well, I want to say thank you for sharing that backstory because, yeah, I think a lot of people can resonate with, like you said, not feeling like you have a choice or doing what you think you should, that word that I do not like, should, Mm -hmm. uh, what you think you should do, what your parents did, you know, what society expects of you. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Take me back to that moment when you said, this is it, I'm done working in the restaurant. Obviously, there was a lot of doubt. Obviously, today, even still, as you said, you still think about if that was the right decision or, you know, the mind goes back. Just like, let's be real. It does that like when you end a relationship. Right. You know, like you, you're like, oh, you, you just think about the good moments. Exactly. You forget about, you forget about all the exactly. bad things. So that that's just totally natural. It's kind of like our way of sorting out the mess. But take me back to that time, like when you were in the thick of switching and letting that okay. go. Mm-hmm. What, what were some mm-hmm. of the thoughts? What do you feel? What were some of the feelings? What came up for you? Well, it's definitely a, a very personal journey with family and My dad owned his own business. His dad owned his own business. All my siblings own their own businesses. So you always hear that it can be difficult getting into business with family. But it was really the only way I knew how. And my brother and I owned the restaurant together. And I think what I learned the most through that process is just like going through a divorce, which I've gone through, one person 
is always ahead of the other person. Like one person's either mentally already put themselves somewhere else. The other person still has to catch up, right? So you're never exactly in the same place at the same time. And that was a big lesson for me is that I had been living in selling the restaurant for a long time and my business partner had not. And so I had to, uh, there was a lot of hurt on both sides, fullness that I wanted to leave, which was not a personal decision towards him, but yet it kind of felt like that when you're family. Yeah. So it was a huge loss for me and it affected my family and it still affects my family, sadly. So for me, that I'm going to cry. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> um, I try not to talk about this very much because I'm, I'm really trying to work through this part of my life and not just with him, but with a few other relationships that I've have, have been hurtful. And so learning to forgive, learning to forgive him, learning to forgive myself, and then also being very aware that I don't want it to happen again, but I think I blame myself a lot. And so trying to work through those old patterns of like not going in those directions again, and how could I, I spend a lot of time in regret and looking back and how should have I done that better? How could have I done this better? How could have I saved this? And I had to get to a point where there was just nothing else I could do. And so it ended up going the worst way possible. I sold the restaurant. I lost my community of people that I love so much. And I lost my relationship with my brother. So it was pretty awful. <laughs> and part of selling it was wanting to keep that sale very quiet. And so I wasn't really able to like properly thank people the way I wanted to. And I still want to do that. So if anybody here today is listening that came to El May and supported me, it meant the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that, Leah. It was so important to I'm be. Sure your people know that, but. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything is sunshine and butterflies. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard changing no matter what change you decide to do in your life. It's never going to go exactly the way you think. And in this case, I'm always trying so hard to be loving first. And um, no matter what amount of love I had, I, there was nothing that could be done. I was out of control. It was out of my control. I should say I wasn't out of control. But And so sometimes that's just in the forecast and you don't see those gray skies coming, you know? Right. So, yeah. Well, the next question that pops in my head is, and I'm guessing I know the answer to this, but it's going to lead me to something else, but is, do you feel like this decision to walk away from this restaurant was like soul driven or it was like your heart was pulling you in another, another direction <laughs> or was it more of like, a mental decision of like, this needs to end because X, Y, Z. I think that it was a combination of, oh gosh, there's a few things that really pop into my mind when you ask this. The first one is 
my body had really, it really had taken a toll on my body. And I'm still dealing with back issues all the time. And that was definitely one thing. And then the stress, like living in chronic stress all the time. Ooh, we talk about that in here. Yeah. Another thing that really was, I was so tired of having shallow conversations of like, not shallow, but like shallow is not the right word. Sorry. You know, people come to the door. I say, hi, I get to know, I connect with them very shortly. And then I would take them to their table or whatever it would be. I was craving for, I wanted to sit down with all the customers and eat and learn more about them and really connect, especially with the people that came into the restaurant all the time. I was dying to get to know them better and have more time with them, even though that's not why they're coming. But myself, I would feel like I just want to know them more. I appreciate them so much. And I really want that experience. (laughs) But they're coming to just enjoy their own dinner, not to have dinner with me. But I was tired of just like those really quick conversations that were like, oh, good, your mom's good, you know, da da da. But like, I felt like I was burnt out of that. I was getting really burnt out of that. Um, that would be a little bit of like a soul heart calling, I think. You know, yeah. That's, that's yeah. more of your personality. That's more of like who you are yeah. as a person. And then Aaron, I'd say the third thing was that I was constantly thinking about travel and how I could leave. <laughs> and so I started a little business with my two girlfriends called Tasty Travelers and that did well, but it was always kind of focused. We did a lot of wine country. Uh, we did Napa and Sonoma and we did Tuscany and we did, we did France. I'm trying to think where we all went. And I loved that experience, but it got to a point where we were all so busy in life. We couldn't keep doing it as a hobby, but I've never, I never stopped loving that experience of taking people traveling. And so I wanted it to be something else when I left there. I didn't want it to be me taking people traveling, but four years later, I feel like I'm back around to that. And that does feel right. So those are the three main reasons I was like, it might be my time to go. Yeah. And I love, I'm sorry. Those were some of those were the answers, but my purpose of asking that though, was that I think I know in my, my own life, I can resonate with this and I'm sure other people can. Like sometimes when you feel like this calling for something else, even if it's like your body, like you mentioned, your body was speaking to you, like whether it's your heart, your soul, or your body, those are like the most wise pieces of us. Our Mm -hmm. minds just kind of follows along, but can sometimes be very loud. Anyway, what I was going to say is that when you're following that, it doesn't always make sense. And it can be very hard to make these decisions like, well, why would I leave something that's working so well for me to go into the unknown? Like, I don't know what's next, right? Right. So I just think that, I don't know if you have any words of wisdom for anybody in that place of like, I don't feel like I should be doing this anymore, but it's really scary to think about leaving. Like, what would you tell Mm -hmm. me? I don't know. What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts? Well, honestly, I would say if there's any way that you can start to funnel your way, if you like, for me, it would have been for my situation, it would have been like, 
what if I start only working three days a week and I do two from home and, and try to like see, and then maybe have the hard conversation of what, you know, is there a part-time option? Is there a, you know, like, I think looking back, maybe I could have tried to, I could have, but it, I didn't. So it's not, but I would say to write about it. I would say that if you're journaling, how it happened for me, it was like, I would call my niece, who's a very good friend of mine, who's my age and is in business as well. And I would say, I think I'm going to have to get out of this. Like, I don't know if I can take it much longer. And let's say that was a year. And then it went to once it every six months, we'd have that conversation. And then it went to every time I'd get together with her, I'd start crying and be like, I'm really burnt out. I don't know what else I can do. Like, I would say to just continue to listen to yourself and as much as it hurts and you want those feelings to go away, you're going to be happier in the long run that you listen to yourself. And then on the flip side, once you do listen to yourself, prepare yourself for maybe the unknown, you know, like it's going to be fun. It's going to be a ride. <laughs> you know, sure. It's going to be like, I went from having 40 employees and 400 emails a day to now I get if I get a text message, I'm like, Oh, who's that? Who could that be? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I don't even know how to survive like this, you know? So, but I think that's the exciting part. I mean, it doesn't have to look one way your whole life. Why would you want it to? You can have many different careers and you can have many different careers within a career. So I would just continue to encourage, to trust your gut it's always right and journal and start dreaming start dreaming about what your life looks like if you weren't in the current situation instead of like scrolling on your phone close your eyes and just do like a meditative dream of where would i i do that right times when you have when you feel stress right where do you go erin when you feel stressed like i go to I have a place, it's not even the most spectacular place I've been to, but it was this very quiet space in my life that I was floating in the ocean and my, you know, the, the sound when your ears fill up mm-hmm. and the sound, I could feel the sound on my face and like, that's where I go every time. I so love I love that. You can go there with manifesting your future, with thinking about what your life would look like if you made that change you're dreaming of. I don't know. Good place to start. It's a good place to start. (laughs) Where do you go when you feel like you have to put yourself out of your stressful spot? That's an interesting question because I wouldn't say that I go somewhere. I more feel like I have to do something. So Ah. move my body or shake it out. Okay. But I like the idea of and I tell people that when I'm on, when I'm teaching retreats in beautiful places, I'm like, you can come back to this place. Yeah. But that's not always my go-to. So I need to maybe incorporate that a bit more. Yeah. For me, it's more like, how do I move this through my body? And now it's more about, it's less about how do I get rid of this? It's more like, can I make friends with this? Like this anxiety or the stress that I'm having. Mm -hmm. It used to be very like, I got to get rid of this. How do I get rid of it? Yeah. That's just me. 
but yeah, now I'm I like that question though. Can I be with it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mine is, can I still have fun with this? Mm. I really, my, my resolution for 2000, this is a total turn, but for this year was to have more fun. So I really try to like incorporate fun. And like, if I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed, I'm not that fun. So how can I get back to having fun or feeling fun or feeling playful? How can I release this? I think fun needs to be my word for next year. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed it this year. I need to have more fun. Yeah. Well, you're starting your year off. Well, going to Bali, that will be fun for the beginning of your year. Yes. Yes. And for those listening, I'm I'm going with Erin. I'm going to do her retreat and I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, And you've never been to Bali, right? No, I've never been to Bali. Oh my God. Yeah. So excited that you're coming. Yeah. Bali is magical. And there's still spots. If you're listening to this, we still have a few spots open. Uh-huh. Um, but back to this, I loved too how you shared like incrementally, you can change things. Like you said, see if you can go part-time, see if you can take an, you know, a day off and work from home. Like there's ways to, to change and give yourself more space without up and leaving your job too. I mean, uh-huh. I, I'm like uh-huh. you, I did the same thing when I got out of the restaurant business many, many years ago, um, it was just like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm gone. And it wasn't the best decision for me at the time financially. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh-huh. just, my soul was like, Nope, no more. We're done. Uh-huh. There's many different ways to change, but I think it's important for people that maybe get more anxious about that. Or I always tell people like the people that I work with, you know, don't make any changes where your nervous system is going to freak out. Like if it's right, right. sustainable, it's going to put you in a state of threat and mm-hmm. then you're just going to be stressed and release a bunch mm-hmm. of stress chemicals in your body and probably get sick. So mm-hmm. yeah, mentally is nice. Mm-hmm. I think that you can have a deadlines, you know, like yeah. at six months, I'm going to go to this and then at a year. And, and for me, I had been doing that. I had been building up probably since about year seven and I stayed till 11. So it wasn't something that just happened, but it just didn't happen the way I thought it was going to, the way I wanted it to. That also, you have to be willing to let go and yeah, and it doesn't always look the way you're going to, the way you think it might, you know? So yeah, even the best plans can be <laughs> don't don't always happen, but at least for your emotional well-being, you have something in place that makes you feel like you have a plan. There is some control. There's an element of control there. Not your entire life is not going to fall out. <laughs> You're going to be okay. That's yeah. I would definitely recommend that. Yeah. Well, we talked a bit about your past, and you also are in a really good place right now of starting something new. Yes. What what do you feel like before we get to the like super exciting new, what do you feel like you're unraveling now around the new venture and feeling some more clarity about where you want to go? Like what's up for you with that? Okay. I'm going to share something with you that might sound a little crazy. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) here is crazy by the way. Okay. 
That's a goofy word anyway. Okay, so a very dear friend of mine has helped me a lot this past year. And she taught me about this technique that, and I, I told you about me wanting to have fun. That's been my 2022, you know, goal is to have fun. So I started identifying feelings that I didn't like within myself. So when I go to doubt, it gives me this feeling in my chest, which many people identify that as anxiety. And that's been something that's been a huge part of my life. And I have to decide moving forward that I don't want my life to look like it did back when my anxiety was super high. So I have identified that those doubtful voices or thoughts protected me somehow in my life. And I thank them. And I now call that doubtful Debbie. And it's like, hey, Debbie, I see you. I'm putting you in the back seat, girlfriend. And you're going to stay there because I'm driving right now. You're safe. I know you're there. But that's doubtful, Debbie. And then there's also needy Nancy. I have a needy Nancy that comes up once in a while that's like, I can't do this on my own. I need help. I need my husband to vent too. I need my girlfriend to vent too, which is all what I'm doing is just creating distractions around actually doing what needs to be done. And so needy Nancy has somehow kept me safe in the past and I'm grateful to her, but she needs to get in the backseat, right? (laughs) She needs to slide over because I'm driving the car. You're driving. And so it's like, it sounds so goofy to say, but Mm -hmm. it's fun and it's playful. And it's like somewhere along my, in my life. And if you can go back to this little adorable blonde eyed, blue eyed, adorable little Leah that was just trying to protect herself as a little girl, that's where some of these personalities came from. That's, they've kept me safe and they've, you know, and so I'm just trying to have fun with it now and be like, Hey, just because you ran a business this way in the past, you don't have to do it that way again. So let's uh, look at these feelings you're having and see if we can reset that and look at doing this in a different way. But old habits are hard to change. And a lot of the stuff you don't even realize like that you can change. You just think, oh, this is who I am. And that's another expression that I really don't like. And I'm trying to get away from it. I'm an anxious person. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that anymore. I'm trying really hard to not even use. Yeah. I don't even want to say that I deal with that condition because I feel like somehow it's just bringing that it more of it into my life. I'm not, I'm attracting it versus reflecting it. So those are kind of my big things is doubt, self-doubt, being needy, and then dealing with uh, not getting my nervous system all tangled up in that trauma of continuous stress. I want this to be fun. I'm choosing to do this business. It should be fun. There's going to be hard days, but all in all, I am just busy over here attracting the right women to come travel with me and see the world and try new food and have new stories and meet new friends. And that's what I'm trying to do with my new new gig. Oh my gosh. I love it, Leah. I love it. (laughs) Well, yeah. And you have such a good point because it's like, 
yes, there's stress in business, but sometimes what I've learned, and I shared this in the podcast recently, that a lot of it's just self-induced, a lot Mm. of it's pressure that I just put on myself. Right. And just because of my trauma and my patterns or whatever from the past. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you're the Mm -hmm. boss. Mm -hmm. Why would you put that much pressure on your (laughs) My husband asked me last week, he said, I said, I really wanted to have, I'm, I'm working on five trips to put out next year. And I had put in my mind that October 15th was my deadline that I was going to have everything ready. And so I told him, I said, I really need to get home. I think we should cancel our plans tonight because I need to finish this up. Need to get, I was supposed to have it done October 15th. And he's like, who set that deadline? <laughs> like me, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you should be nice to yourself. <laughs> like right. you can, you said it, you can change it. Why, what, why are we so strict on why are two more days going to matter? I'm like, I know, I know. But like, he's like, you're all world up about this deadline that you set. Like why? I'm like, oh, you're right. You're like, I sound good point. Dang it. Yeah. Good. It's a very good point. Yeah. Dan's yeah, exactly. uh, he was spot on there for sure. Right. Yeah. Why do we do this to ourselves? And and Mm -hmm. on the one hand, I see it, you know, it's like not having a boss is challenging because you need to, you know, I think about people that have regular jobs and I'm like, they, you know, they're given projects and there's deadlines and there's things that have to be Mm -hmm. done by a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time. And I don't always have that. There's a little way too much freedom. So I, I think that teaches you to become a bit more militant in your thinking but mm-hmm. we also have to mm-hmm. add that flow back into. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, things I get, don't it. get done when we want them to get done for many reasons. Right. Uh, so many good things here. What else, Leah? Anything else you want to share with listeners that um, are in a place of transition or uh, feeling like a part of that? I, like, <laughs> I feel like I definitely could talk about a long time about it. I think I covered some, I maybe skipped over some of the real dark stuff that definitely happened to me the last couple of years, just feeling washed up. My son's raised. In fact, my son, my husband has two children too. They're all raised out of college. And yet I was always such a young mom, like I'm still so young, but yet a big part of my life wrapped up really early. And how I identified with being a mom and now having all this freedom later in life, which maybe I didn't have that in my 20s. So again, being so serious about where I'm supposed to be, who says that? Who says I'm supposed to be at a certain place in life? Who says that I'm supposed to have so much money or I'm supposed to live a certain way and have a four bedroom house for when my kids come back home, just in case they do. And all these things that go around like aging, as far as like how we're supposed to do it. And that's been, I think a big, I had children and amongst my friends, I was the first by like 10 years I had kids first. So I'm the only one that is been an empty nester for, for 10 years. So it's like, (laughs) that's been a big part of my life too, to, to be like, 
all this freedom can, like you said, I, I mean, it can, can leave you too much time to get raveled up in your head. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I'll never forget one, one day a woman walked in, into the restaurant that I had and I was struggling with my son going to college. And she said, Oh honey, this time in, in your life isn't about you. This is about him. And you're going to make, build him up and, and send him off. And, and I think that was such good advice, but I feel like I, I'm using that now on myself too. <laughs> like, Oh honey, <laughs> who knew this hard, this part was going to be hard. You're okay. Take a few days, cry, get, you know, but it's really, I'm trying to turn it to this exciting and fun time in my life that I get to say yes to me now all the time and how unraveling some of that old stuff, it's been such a gift. And there were a lot of dark times that led to that and made me thinking what's next. I don't even know if I want to live. Like I don't have, I got, I went dark for a while in between there, between the trauma of, of making the business change and then, and then how to live without so many people depending on you. And then all of a sudden it just goes dark and it's just you and, and making those big shifts in life are so many times you crave to just be left alone. Like as a mom, you just want to go into your pantry and shut the door with a bottle of wine and hope nobody opens it. But then when, when finally nobody does open it, you know, it, there's nobody it's, there to open it. There's nobody left to open the door. Right. And so I feel like I went through that at a similar time with my son, you know, being done with college and then business shift and then moving. It's, it's definitely, there's a lot of time that you can blame. And then there's a time to look in the mirror and decide I've got this. I'm going to power up this boat and I'm going to drive off into the sunset and I'm going to choose my course. And you're going to enjoy it. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So I think, oh my gosh, Leah. Yeah. You bring up so many good points in there that I know so many people listening. I mean, there's a wide range of ages that listen from young moms to people in their sixties, you know, that, you know, are beyond retired and all of that. But I think just such a good point of like how much you identify with the different roles you have, whether it's being a mom being a a worker at a job, being a business owner and how we get so caught up in those identifications and Mm -hmm. that when they go away, which they will, every Mm -hmm. identification that you have will go away at some point, right? When you retire, now you're no longer a worker. You know, when kids graduate, you're no longer a full-time mom. You're still a mom, but you're not the full-time mom you once were. It changes. And yeah, I think you speak to what people go through in those kind of the dying of those roles. It's very, Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. sad. I remember Aaron, you hosted a retreat in Mechanicsville last year that I attended and we went around this circle of probably 20 women were there. It was a lot, it was a big group Mm -hmm. and it got to me and we were supposed to just go around and introduce ourselves. And I said, hi, my name's Leah and I'm a woman and I just started crying. I don't know if you remember that, but I do. I, everything that I had ever been had kind of not been, it was not there anymore for me. Yes. I was a mom, but that wasn't like, he's out of the, he's living his own life. He's in mid twenties now. Like I'm not, 
on a daily right. basis. I'm no longer a restaurant owner. I am. I also just didn't want to identify as any of the stuff I had been because none of that was like who I am today. And so when I broke it down to the basics and all the way down to the core, it was just me showing up at that retreat of yours as a woman. And that was all I had to offer. And you received that. And people received me there as that. And I didn't want to have, I didn't want to, I'll never forget after I sold the restaurant, I had a girlfriend of mine introduce me to her friends and they'd always say, oh, this is Leah. She owns such and such. And all of a sudden she looked at me, she goes, oh, how do I introduce you now? And I thought, huh. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a valid it's a question, weird. but it's also like, aren't I more than that too? Like, yeah, this is my good friend. Yeah. We've known each other since college, you know, but that wasn't the way I was introduced ever. It was because I owned something that, right. you know, and I thought that was, that's also kind of like, then your ego comes into play a lot with where you identify yourself. So yeah, there's definitely some work that you go through making big life shifts. For sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. And just like how when we you know, when you're at like an event or something and it's like, oh, what do you do? It's like that's the question that people ask. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like who do you be? <laughs> who do you be? Yeah. Right? I quickly stopped asking that question. Yeah. After I didn't really want to answer it anymore. <laughs> and so I thought I'm not going to ask it anymore. And so what I've been asking people now is what do you do to have fun in life? No, oh, I love that. That goes with your, that's, your, your, your yeah. word of the year. That's what I say. What do you do on fun right now in life? What are you into these days? And nobody ever talks about work. It's funny. People yeah. are like, I just got a new bike and I'm learning how to mountain bike. Or, you know, I just got a Peloton and I'm really excited about that. Or, you know, it's funny. It's hard. Nobody talks about work. Right. So. I feel like we could go on forever yep. with this conversation. We probably There's could. So many, <laughs> so many good gems in here. Well, I sure, sure well, appreciate the opportunity. You. Let's ask you, Leah. What are you doing yeah. for fun right now? Oh, okay. Well, tonight. I'm going out for dinner with my husband because it's our anniversary week and there's this restaurant that we love in Glen Ellen. It's called Glen Ellen star and they do a locals night on Wednesday nights. And now I guess we're kind of a local. So we are going to go out for dinner tonight. And I actually did just get a Peloton myself. So I'm excited about that right now too. I've taught spin for 20 years. And so it's fun to, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, I actually taught online for a gym for a short time there. And I've always had this excuse that I'm traveling so much. I don't, but then I just kept going back to it. And I thought, you know, what the heck? I'm just going to get one. What the heck? (laughs) So I treated myself. So those are my two big things this week. Oh, those are huge. Yeah. They're big for me. Thank you. Yeah. I found a real catch yes you did mm-hmm. I attracted a real catch I that's say. right yeah he found one yeah. too yeah thank you one last question just a, you know I know you could talk about this forever too but since we both have travel 
you have a travel company. I have, I teach retreats here and there. And we both, you and I do a lot of solo travel. We, Mm -hmm. you have a relationship. I have a relationship with men that are, you know, I don't want to say open to us traveling, but you know what I mean? They're like Mm -hmm. acknowledging and understanding of that desire Mm -hmm. that each of us has in a few sentences. What do you love about solo travel? As a woman, mm. too, because mm. this might be a whole other podcast, Leah. Mm. It could be, um, for sure. <laughs> my top thing is that I truly, my my gift in life is connecting with people. And mm. so when I'm traveling by myself, I'm much more open to what's going on around me and being open to talking to people because I don't have a friend with me to do all the talking with. And so I will put myself out there a lot more when I'm by myself. And it's proven over and over again to create long lasting relationships with people all over the world that I've met. And people are so good. People have invited me into their homes. I've been asked to go on, you know, little day trips with people that I would have never met. I just, I don't know. The stories are kind of endless for me with that. So yeah, it's meeting people for me. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely meet people in a way that you never would if you're with people. Yes. For me. Yes. And you know, like there's some people that I've met that have been like, oh, I would, I can't believe you travel to different countries. Like, isn't that so scary? And like this or that. And I'm like, think about all the things that happen in the United States. Like, (laughs) you know, like, Right. I think it's kind of funny when people say other countries are more scary than ours because there's a lot that goes down in this country too. But right. um, Yeah. I find the same thing that people are really good. Even when I get myself Mm -hmm. in pickles, there's always somebody Mm -hmm. there to help me. I think it reignites your like, oh, humanity is good. Like it's mostly good. It's just what we see definitely the fraction of bad. And so right. I think that every that you know humanity is falling apart. Yeah. It's actually quite Yeah. Hard. I think that it builds self-confidence and I think that it is it just you take those blinders off when you're by yourself because you do have to be more aware, right? Right. But I become more aware of the goodness, I think, than the scary that people sometimes get caught up with with traveling. I end up like I said I end up receiving way more than I, than I ever anticipate when I'm traveling by myself. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a true it's very gift. Empowering. It's mm-hmm. very empowering to mm-hmm. do that. I think. Yeah, for sure. Recently I had a friend that went on a trip with me that I took to Italy back in, it would have been like 2013 maybe. And now she travels by herself. So all the time. And she actually said that it was, it was that trip that really opened her eyes to traveling in a small group with women. But then she was able to get the attention, you know, from me and my two girlfriends that were hosting the trip of like, how did you do this? How did you plan this? Where, you know, and it gave her that independence so that she now is very comfortable traveling by herself. But up until then, and she was, you know, 50 years old at that point. She had never done any traveling. And so I'm really proud of that. And I am happy she shared that with me. Yeah. That's so great. Start in a group. 
check out Lee's thing. Come to Bali. I'll probably be doing something next fall. Not probably, but I 95% will most likely. So come check out, start traveling in a group and then maybe branch off and try your own or stay on after a group. Yeah. And do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. I started actually my very first retreat. I stayed. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Aw, and just where was that too? Remember, it was Bali. Okay, ah, love it. Yeah, that was my first yoga retreat. Well, Leah, thank you so much for being on today. I know that people will get so many gems and takeaways. Feel free to message me what you loved. We always like to hear your messages, and don't forget to share this with your friends, family, and social media. We like to get these podcasts out in the world and. Again, Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.